0: Welcome get to Ain't the Terrible Outdoorsman Podcast, Episode Three, and what an intro that was! Ain't nobody got time today. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, piggybacking off of Episode Two, where we went in great detail on the. Uh, sweet Brown, oh! Welcome everybody to another podcast. Thank you for listening. Yeah, Ryan Collin here is your host.
1: Who else do we have? Yo, yo, yo! What up for show? Oh my god, that's gonna be your tagline. <laughs> <buddy. laughs> Bob Collin here, the uh, the older, wiser brother. Oh, oh my god. god, Ryan Collin here. Who else? I'm
2: still checking in from Midland. Still got the bum leg. Still. Pirate Jason up here in Midland, peg leg walking around,
1: still broken. Captain Pirate Jason over there, yeah. Arr, arr. But Jason,
0: hey, nobody got time for that. We got fishing to <laughs> no, do. We got fishing to do, bro. It is. It's time for you to heal. It All is. Right? It's warming up in this godforsaken state, this tundra of uh, hell that Michigan is. Winter doesn't want to go away. Um, it was thirty degrees. Uh, you know. Last weekend, and uh, yeah, yeah, we're in Long John's, and then at 60, and then the
1: next day I got to wear Long John's again, so Michigan's great. There's memes. There there are memes about Michigan that are just, you know, rampant right now. Our state is a meme. It's a, it's a meme. It's a meme. <laughs> Straight up. It's, it's a may-may. <laughs> Somebody called it a may-may before, back oh, in the day. Well, this podcast already starting off yeah. in a rough fashion. What a hoot.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's keywords. So, here. There's, so,
1: there's a lot of inside jokes going on in this podcast anymore. There are. Or, uh, and so yeah, the the word, word hoot, um, apparently I said it a handful
0: of times in the first podcast. And so he said he was going to call me out every time I said it in the second podcast. And I'm pretty sure he said it seven times. Yeah. I didn't say it once.
1: I've been trying.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going to call him out every time. Huh. Oh, how the tides
1: have changed. Whoa. Oh, yeet, yeet. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Well, and it begins, so it begins. And we, everybody has turned off their
0: radio at this moment. Oh, man.
1: Come on back. Get on back.
0: Uh, come on back. We got some good stories to tell. Hopefully you liked the last podcast um, with our little BS session. It was fun. Um, it was fun. We got a little more of, an, I guess, an educational one little bit of story time um so uh before we get into that what's uh what's new with you guys what are you guys working on we got the weather's warming up um the, the lakes are melted um should start seeing some warmer water temperatures so fishing is going to be a big thing jason what are you doing up in the northland besides sitting so, around and playing video games or watching fishing shows
2: yeah yeah So we're counting down the days up here until that last Saturday in April, uh, Inland Walleye Opener, so April 30th, Um, looking forward to that. News to Um, me. Yeah, news (laughs) to you, right? Um, Other than that, uh, getting prepared to really start hitting the Detroit River hard, like I said, still got to heal up with the leg, but that's that's going and it should be good fishing you know rest of the month into may so looking forward to that should be a lot of fun
1: good deal good deal bob you got anything going on i find myself checking every single boat launch that i (laughs) drive by um i will make a special purpose trip over to the local launches just to check to see if they've got the docks in if the gates are open you know what it's looking like and i have been seeing some um you know a few boat trailers here and there in some of the local wakes around where I live. And that's encouraging. Gets me a little bit fired up. There's somebody out there <laughs> in, in this nasty weather out there getting after it and uh makes you, you know, want to get off your couch when you see somebody else really actually does. manning up or? i'm like i'm like man i am i am being super lazy but we're terrible outdoors we? <laughs> it's oh man i'm terrible <laughs> but uh yeah other than that just getting my boat ready uh cleaning things out i've got my right now i've got the, like all the different um you know cubbies open up you know airing things out and charging up batteries, things like that. I'm also like I've got my camper open. Ooh camping like, season. Yeah, I'm getting excited for the camping season. I got a few trips lined up for that. And I'm really just kind of prepping for uh you know, prepping for the things I like to do, which is, you know, definitely targeting the pike once the season opens here at the end of April. And then um, you know, musky fishing and the camping season so i'm uh getting everything together getting trying to get uh my whole family on one sheet of music you know i've got i've got teenage girls and you know my wife is uh my wife's a nurse and she works all the time so it's like trying to get everybody on the same sheet of music get everything lined up so that uh we kind of have a seamless uh spring and summer you know season here so definitely gotta coordinate with the wives before
0: we can plan any trips because you know you'll plan a trip and uh yeah get your ass chewed out because right you, you gotta ask the warden yeah. for, that, for that pass <laughs> you know did you just call your wife a warden i did not oh man mrs g <laughs>
2: my mom mrs g she's the warden she's very flexible as far as she always lets i don't, hunting, I don't fishing.
0: see your mom putting your dad in the place uh
2: <clears throat> no not quite not for hunting and fishing stuff with this with his two boys right but there's some other stuff you got to check in with the warden when you want to go out front and have a little porch party with the neighbors and everything and then (laughs) here comes the porch police Yeah, mom comes out and says shut her down
0: happy wife is a happy life right
1: ain't nobody got time for that is that what we're naming this episode? Apparently, <laughs> ain't nobody got so. time I mean, for listen, that. Yeah, ain't nobody got time for that. Oh, key dokey. What, about, what about you? What do you got? Uh, what have you been doing? What are do you? Uh, what do you planning? Fortunately, working too much, but oof, gross. <laughs> yeah, um, waiting
0: to get on the River for those walleye to run, for the the mud water to clear out, and maybe hit. Uh, well, I got to get the boat on the water. I, my boat is up in its age bracket about 30 What is mine? 33 years old so i got to run it on a familiar lake a few times before i trust it to go down to the river i will not be one of those guys what's what's dad saying drive it like you stole it yeah well yeah yeah, no let her rip tater chip let's go not that guy i've already fired it up started up good runs good but i want to get on the water make sure everything works good water pump works good and that's pretty much it but hopefully getting on the water soon just make sure you have a pocket full of pennies
2: I was yes. going to say, how's the trolling motor on that? Yeah, That's my great. trolling motor
0: is curl. new. It is new. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, three years old, but it doesn't need a penny. you never know. I didn't no. know. I didn't no. know. Nah, no. I got a paddle. <laughs> yeah. So, good stuff. All right. Well, again, thanks for listening. Uh, before we get into this, we have our tradition.
1: Snark!
0: Oh, <laughs> oh God idiots <laughs> if, what your, your, your wife is the other end of the house saying like, what are what are they doing
1: she knows exactly what yeah, she exactly she just, she's just she she's shaking her head right now she when she listens to this she's gonna be shaking her head she, she is, has taken enough snorts herself yeah, that's that fair. she that she knows you know that's a story kind of in itself oh man yeah I, was I it ha- last year when we went up or the year before. There's no way in hell that I'm going to sit here and tell stories about my wife. <laughs> She's going to be here, and uh, I'm going to let her tell those stories herself because uh, yeah. I mean, we have that to have a podcast, podcast and we have to have the wives on. We, we I think, yeah, I think we should do a wife That's podcast. That's a good idea. Yeah. You know, and the, yeah. the amount of bullshit that they put up with. I don't know. Your your wife that, is a little bit more involved as far as, like, well, at least on the sturgeon side. and. You know, she so loves a fish and, yeah. and my wife my wife loves a fish too. Your wife loves to get drunk on a boat. <laughs> my my wife Well mine does too, I guess. Yeah. My wife, she has a, she has a blast doing it. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about my wife is that she's a damn good fisherman. Like mm-hmm. when she actually you know, when she's not sun panning <laughs> on the on the bow of the boat, like when you put a fish around her hand, like she gets dedicated to it. She's like my daughters in that way. Like my daughters are super into it when they're into it. When they're not, you know, and they want to chill, they want to chill. And I, I totally get that, too. Yep. Uh, I'm the same way. Yeah, I you think know, that's a good vision, idea, though. We'll get the wives yeah. on a podcast. Maybe not all
0: at once. Um, I don't know how that would logistically work, but we'll, we'll get the wives on a podcast. They At least our wives need to tell the story of, I guess it would be two years ago, when they both got schmammered. And, and, we, and we literally put them in a boat together in the middle of the lake, tied them off with an anchor, yep. and we we went fishing ourselves for four hours. <laughs> we, and, we, yeah. and we came back, and they're still in the same spot anchored, and
1: they're just hammered drunk. We should have put life jackets on them, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> put, this, put this on. We probably should have. Uh, but hey, yeah. we, we
0: actually caught a bunch of fish.
1: Oh, but, man. Uh, have you ever seen their pictures? You know some of the pictures and videos and stuff that uh, they take when when we, when we go out on our little fishing adventures and they're inside yeah, the boat by themselves. Oh man, it's nuts! It's nuts. I don't think I want to, but oh, it's funny. Dude.
0: Yeah, so that's fun. Speaking of my wife, Jason, she was yeah. very appreciative of you calling her out on episode one. Oh man! For her, oh man! Her guarantee that she's yeah, going to get yeah. a sturgeon. She was. Uh, her, I think her ex- exact text was "WTF." <laughs> No, she's all on board. She said challenge accepted. So it just—it's unfortunately up to me to get her ass on the water. So thanks. Yeah. Now i got—I've no got, got two
1: guarantees essentially. But yeah. yeah so so we—it was our—it was our cousin. Our cousin contacted us and said that. He's gonna. What was it? What was that? He said he was gonna guarantee something. I said you're not guaranteeing nothing to me. Yep. You got to come on the podcast and you got to guarantee it in person. That's the way to guarantee it to the listeners. Yeah, you have to guarantee it to the listeners. And he he kind of lol'd it, you know. But I was like, no way, man. He walled. Yeah, he walled, and I was like, nope. You're coming on the podcast. Yep. Yeah, he he's a good dude. Um, he's probably listening to this podcast right now, and. Uh, His name is Jimmy. He'll be on here at some point or another. He's a solid dude. Uh, Big, avid fisherman. Uh, Big into hunting. Loves to shoot. Loves guns. Talk guns all day. Um, that was his.
0: That's what he was. He was gonna. He was gonna shoot a buck or something. Gonna, uh, man, I have
1: to go back. And I, by, I have to go back. Know, we'll and my test But we'll yeah, we're him. gonna get him on here, and we're gonna make him. I'm gonna make him guarantee <laughs> whatever Bull. it was. He's. It, I I it guess was a that's bold. a new thing. Anybody who comes on the podcast yeah. has to do their guarantee of the year. So. It was a bold prediction too. It was yeah. something about I don't know. I think he bought it in crossbow or something. He was gonna like yeah. kill a bunch of deer with his crossbow and saying, "Yeah, hey, you're gonna guarantee it on the podcast because <laughs> otherwise it's, it doesn't matter. You can <laughs> talk." (laughs) About it all day, but until you put it on the uh, terrible outdoorsman, then it's not real. It doesn't
0: mean anything until it's on the terrible outdoorsman. So, truth. All right. I think that's enough of an intro. So, so boys, before we get rolling, we're going to do our typical cheers. 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 Jason, we have um, Captain Verner's for this episode. There you we're, go. We're not drinking the bush lattes like you. I think I just, I, you know what? I went through my Captain so... Uh, I guess already, he's got a drink. So, beer. I'm drinking going back his, to beer. We're 12 minutes in and he's already <laughs> out of <with> his <laughs> Captain Ver. So <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And that's where Bob's going to hey, be at this episode. It was a bit of a pregame, all right? It was a bit of a pregame. It was a, a warm up. Well, okay? that sweet brown will do it to you. That sweet brown.
1: nobody got time for that. No.
0: All right. So, um,. You know, I kind of want to talk about, we've been talking fishing a lot in the first, you know, two episodes, and that's really, uh, obviously, we're we're both passionate about, but Jason, you have another passion that I've always been interested in, um, and that's turkey hunting. And I know nothing, well, I shouldn't say nothing, I worked at Cabela's for years, and I have a lot of knowledge just from working there and being around guys. Never done it. I don't have any any experience in it at all. So that's why you why we have you on this thing. So you can sure. teach us things that we don't know. Like so on. yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about turkey hunting because that's going to be coming up here soon, um, probably uh, two weeks from airing this. So just to kind of do a run through, kind of a spring one hundred one yeah. basics. Um, you know, if you got, I'm sure you got some good stories. You've been turkey hunting. I've seen your posts of. Bagging
1: a bird, you know, one upper, but successful sportsman <laughs> over here, and not yeah. a terrible. I don't even know how you're part of this when yeah, uh, you you actually do the things that you're supposed to do. I uh, when it, it, same thing for me. You, you know, turkey hunting has always been something that looks really cool. Yeah, I'd love to do it. I I'd, I'd I'd love to. I love to be outdoors anytime. but. It's always been a. And I think I mentioned this in in the first podcast, but um, you know, it's always been a conflict of seasons for me, because you know, throughout the you know spring, April, I am totally geared up for you know the 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 spring walleye run and getting ready for you know that that early season musky and in pike season and bass and things like that. So I, I really gear myself towards fishing, and I kind of dump everything hunting. And uh but I've always been intrigued by it because I have I have friends that do this that are like, you know, they would rather turkey hunt any day of the week than to whitetail hunt or to fish or do anything else in life, and it's like I I never got it, you know. Um, so you're one of those guys that loves to do this kind of thing, and I'd love to hear how one how you do it, two how do you how do you split up your time, you know, between. You know, between as much as much as I know that you fish, how do you split up that time so that you can get out and still do some, you know, turkey hunting and things like that?
2: Yeah, you guys are exactly right. Uh, it's it's spring springtime. You've got a lot of things to fish for, um, and every once in a while, when the wind's blowing a little too hard on the weekend on the river or inland lake or Lake St Clair, I'll be up in the turkey woods. Um, so first start with a quick story that goes right into the theme of the terrible outdoorsman uh last year i'm out hunting um had some action get up early all fired up got some birds located go out hear one gobbling early get set up breaking daylight beautiful morning cold crisp air and he flies down i'm calling to him getting some response, and, and I know he's coming in, set up uh, at an intersection on the two-track, and I see him coming down the two-track, and he gets to about 60 yards. He stops. He's gobbling. He's strutting. Just uh, not committed, not fully committed to coming in. Cool encounter. Um, he ends up making his way off, and I hunt for a little while longer um, and head back to my truck. And
1: How close was that bird?
2: Uh, that bird, he got into about sixty yards. Um, my my comfortable range is probably if it was if it was wide open, I might poke out to forty. But typically, I'm looking at thirty five, thirty yards and in. So although although there's some equipment out there to get you out a little further, uh, you know, I'm in the camp of um, using you know just a regular full choke on my shotgun, and my effective range is a little bit a little bit tighter. So I think of you know, you go out and deer hunt with a gun in your hand and, and your range is expanded tremendously versus a bow. But when I'm turkey hunting, it's more it's more like bow hunting where you got to get that bird up close and personal, um, in my mind, to to have a good chance of harvesting him. So anyway, this bird comes in, like I said, working with the calls and, and just couldn't get him to fully commit to come in. Anyway, hunt a little bit longer. I go back to the truck and I've got a couple of different guns that I use, but I happen to have um, – I use sometimes a single shot ten gauge, which is a little bit Jesus. out of the ordinary. Uh, it's about eight pounds. You're lugging that thing through the woods. It's one of you know. It's just kind of a a little bit different take on it. I kind of put it in the category of like guys that are recurve or longbow hunting. Right? They're they're out there. They just have like a little niche that they're in with their weapon. So yeah, I was using the single gauge or single gauge niche. using the single shot niche.
0: That's a cannon. <laughs> You're holding so, a bird with a cannon.
2: So I get back to my truck and I'm gonna go move to another area and um, I go to crack open the gun right to pull the shell out and put it in the case and I crack open the gun and I never loaded it. Oh <laughs> God oh, so it, probably it's probably for the better that that turkey didn't come all the way in um at the time i didn't know why he fully committed and now i realize why because i was pretty much just sitting there uh (laughs) bird watching and i didn't even know it right so there you go terrible outdoorsman rule number one when you exit the vehicle and you are going out turkey hunting make sure that you when it's legal load your gun because you're going to be very disappointed bad oh, that yeah <laughs>
1: so kind of I think yeah, I, I think it was the first episode right it was talking about how he he went quick on a uh, you know he had a shotgun and uh, he it, he had a big buck encounter opening day of uh, a shotgun. Season out in the lower peninsula and i think that was the first thing i asked him i said you load your gun you know and, and he showed me the uh the primer that was indented i was like what are you doing with that in your hand man i was like get rid of it <laughs> like, like oh crap the, the firing pin yeah. actually hit the primer on it i was like oh man get rid of that yeah. but yeah that's uh rule number one make sure that uh make sure your gun's loaded
2: yeah, I was just a little bit too excited, right? So anyway, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about some different equipment and things. Like you said, this will be uh, an instructional uh, podcast, at least for part of it. Um, yeah,
0: well, as instructional as we can get. <laughs> <laughs> let's be real. Rule
2: number one, buy your license. Rule number two, load your gun. That's about the extent of my knowledge. So so, so
0: let's get into the license since you brought that up. So. Yeah what what's it take to get a license for for turkey for we're talking spring turkey because i know fall is a little yep. bit different there's di- uh, different seasons falls like a whole different animal yep. um and, and especially i think fall you're a lot of different amount of birds and Correct. but talking spring licensing what do you got to do so the
2: first thing you have to decide is where are you going to be hunting um i travel to different places private land in the southern part of the lower peninsula public land in the northern part of the lower peninsula and so the license structure is set up in such a fashion that um, if you are only going to hunt one particular place you have to determine which uh, uh, section of counties that covers and this is all covered in that turkey digest Um, but the some of those more specific hunts or more specific areas actually have a quota so you would need to apply um, to get one of those tags The tag that I hunt with is, um, like I said, it allows you to hunt private land below the shotgun boundary. It allows you to hunt public and private land above the shotgun boundary, Um, and it actually runs for the majority of May. But there are several license options out there, and I guess the first thing I would suggest you do is determine where am I going to be hunting and sort of how does that fall into the different license uh, time periods that yeah. are available
0: so those you gotta you have to apply for first correct which is yep when do you have to apply to you you know that i
2: you know if i get that guaranteed hunt at the end of may and so i don't apply oh, I so you just it buy it it when you I'm the counter up. anyways yeah okay. yeah yep,
1: yep yeah there is an early earlier season that you apply for a draw tag where it's like a lottery type thing and uh yeah, so yeah, they have a, a quota, I know, for a lot
0: of the areas. Some of the quotas in some of these areas are really small, and yeah. some are huge. Um, but that I know that statewide tag you're talking about, I, I think it's pretty much unlimited.
2: Yeah, there is a...
0: Right,
2: right. Um, and I like that because it gives you a long time to hunt, number one, but also it gives you the most flexibility on where you can go if you have those opportunities, right, right? public and private land
0: yep. so... So you apply or you buy it over the counter and then you gotta have a base license, right? So you gotta buy have a base license for yep, any correct. any time you're hunting in Michigan, whether it's small game or deer or whatever.
2: Yep, and then your uh so your kill tag or your turkey license, that's uh fifteen dollars, and that allows you to harvest one bearded turkey in the spring. And uh
1: you can kill bearded you know, lady?
2: There's there are some bearded ladies out there, yes. They would be. Legal. That was my
1: next question. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait a minute. Like most Toms or Jakes, right, which are considered yeah. your male turkeys, are going to have beards on them. But Correct. I didn't know that hens actually produce a beard as it well. It is
2: rare. Yep, it is rare. You're typically not going to see bearded hens uh, very often. I have seen a couple over the years, um, but uh you know so other than a beard typically your male turkeys are going to be a little bit larger a jake will be slightly larger than a hen a tom will be significantly larger than a hen And, and both jakes and toms are you know real jet black um but again the the defining feature what you need to be looking out for when you are hunting is it needs to be a bearded turkey just just like bearded hens are rare It's also rare that a tom or a jake is either going to have a very, very short or no beard at all, but it is possible. So it doesn't say, shoot a male bird. It says, shoot a bearded turkey, and that's so that the hunter identifies their target, make sure it's legal.
0: I guess kind of how you, you know, you can, there are does that are antlered. I guess it's the same thing. Right. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, So, and then... So you buy your you buy your license. Active duty military they uh, they don't pay for their licenses. Throw that out there. So if you're active duty and you didn't know that because I don't know everybody knows that they're active duty military. Um, active duty military and then disabled. I think right. Yeah, if you're a
1: hundred percent disabled veteran, then you then you qualify for the uh, the free licenses. It used to be a dollar back in the day. I remember I'd come home on leave and uh, I'd have to pay a dollar, and I could get my fishing license or my hunting license or whatever. But now it's it's completely free in the state of Michigan. And uh, generally, like sometimes you have to educate the uh, the place that you're buying your license. If it's going to be like some kind of mom and pop type shop somewhere. Um, you might have to let them know like, Hey, I'm active duty military. And it, it, it's always kind of a weird thing. Cause I'm like, I don't want a free license, but I'll take it. You know? Yeah. You know? So it's like, I don't want to like tell somebody like, Hey, I'm active duty military. You're supposed to give me my license for free. Like I, I generally go to like the bigger retailers and things like that. And, uh, you know, they kind of know the deal, so I'll go in. I'm normally in uniform or something like that when I go in. I'll be like, "Hey, I need my fishing license." And they're like, "All right," and they run it, and I get my, I get my license, which is is kind of cool. You know, I, I haven't paid for a fishing license in – I can't remember the last time I paid for one, but well, you know so. when it, when you boil down all the other fishing light or all the other licenses that you have, it's seventy bucks, in, you know, a year or whatever it might be. But I think yeah, that's, kinda that's kinda a cool.
0: small price to pay for our thanks for defending our country to be <laughs> yeah, able to I guess, to yeah. shoot bearded you know, ladies. So it's a, yeah, that's the least we can <laughs> bearded, do. So
1: bearded ladies <laughs>
0: I'm, for the remainder of this podcast, I'm calling turkeys bearded ladies. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so. They call them butter, so, balls. Be- <laughs> butter balls, bearded <laughs> butter balls,
2: bearded butter balls.
0: <laughs> oh my! Um, all right, so only bearded bearded turkeys. And then how many are you allowed? Can you just buy multiple tags? Or
2: in the spring, it's just one. You get one tag. You get one bearded turkey. In the fall, it's more liberal. I believe you're allowed to get um, a license a day, maybe.
0: Mm, okay. So. Cause in the fall there's more turkeys, <laughs> I think.
2: Yeah, I mean in the fall, yeah, in the fall it's uh, a little bit more liberal to allow folks to harvest some of those birds that were hatched in that current year, and kind of going into winter, you take out a few of those individuals, you know, of those younger turkeys. Is, is sort of why it's set up like that. But gotcha,
1: gotcha. Okay, I think it's always a cool like, um, it's always a cool thing when you're out, even in the fall, when you're out there deer hunting and. You know, you're sitting in the tree stand, you have a, a, you know, I don't know what you call them, a flock of turkeys come in or something, a a, a Google of uh, turkeys come in on your food plot or whatever. It's always cool to like be able to watch them and things like that. And it always seems so easy. It always seems like, you know, these. here's this dumb bird in front of me and like, man, if I had a turkey tag and I was turkey hunting right now, I could smoke this thing. But it's, it's definitely not that case. And I'm sure you'll get into that a little bit. Um. But yeah, it's always a cool encounter whenever you do run come into turkeys. I know whenever, even in the springtime, I'm I'm driving down the back roads. My parents live out in the uh, we I me and Ryan we grew up in the in a cornfield pretty much out in the boondocks. And you know we'll drive we're driving over there and you'll see fifteen turkeys out in the out in the field. And you're like you'll always stop and take a look at them just because it's uh they're they're a cool thing. It's a uh, it's kind of an it's a natural thing and a natural uh you know wildlife species that we have here and i've just never taken the time to hunt them i think after this podcast i might actually look into it if you're uh, yeet, 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 yeet. <laughs> if your uh if your leg wasn't broken i would definitely yeah. uh be picking your brain and be like dude what's what's let's do this man put me on a bird all right, yeah, so, we
2: might have to pencil it in for next year, but go ahead. So break it down.
1: What do you What do you need
0: to, to go? Sure. Tur- we, so we got the season figured out. Yep. We go get our tag. Um, um, so we figure out where we're going to hunt, whether it be public land, private land. W- what What else do you do from there?
2: Yeah, we'll first talk about um, a lot of different calls. I'm sure when you were walking around Cabela's, you saw tons and tons of different styles. Not no a single one. <laughs> oh, that's right. You were in the fishing section.
0: <laughs> Actually, so, at, that, at that time, I was hunting, so uh, oh, I had okay. to I had to set up every one of those silly-ass yeah. calls. So
2: several call types uh, meep, meep, won't go meep, into. Meep, meep, meep. Um, that would be a mouth call. I, for that animal. was
1: a bob call. Yeah. I <laughs> <That> was <laughs> red on on my face, chasing man. those bob turkeys.
2: <laughs> yeah. So some of them <laughs> a little bit easier to use than others. Uh, you've got your box call, which has a paddle that you uh, create friction over over the, the hollow box. A fairly simple call to use. Um, you have pot calls or friction calls with a, a material that you use, a striker. And again, you're, all of these are causing friction and creating different noises, if you will, different turkey noises. Um, the mouth call uh is probably one of the more difficult ones to use it takes quite a bit more practice i uh typically leading up to turkey season will every day in the morning driving to work throw in my mouth call and practice literally practice on the way to work because if you try to do it at home your significant other will not be happy with you making a racket (laughs) (laughs) so
1: i'm gonna cut you off man um I know that there's some pretty significant people in the uh, in the hunting industry that have kind of made their way through calling. I know Michael Waddell uh, was a champion caller down in Georgia, uh, you know, for a long time. And those of you who, anybody who watches hunting stuff knows who Michael Waddell is. Yeah, Mark Drury, too. Yeah, the Drury, yeah. I heard Mark Drury say on a, it was a hunting podcast that, if he had to choose between whitetail hunting and turkey hunting, it'd be turkey hunting all day. And I'm like, what? Blew my mind. I so think
2: the reason. Yeah, go ahead, Bob.
1: On on those calls. So just to kind of you know, you you just explained a few of the different calls. So break break it down. You know, for the audience or for me at least, um, is this the like their is this their breeding season? Is this like the the mating season? So are like what are you trying to do? Are you trying to en- entice them through? Um, you know, is it, a, a am I, am I a hen, you know, trying to call a Tom into, you know, Hey, come check me out. Or am I another Tom saying, Hey, this is my area. You know, let's, let's duke it out type thing. Like, as I, I know in, in deer season, we use different calls, whether that be a, a doe bleat or that be a buck run in order to, in at different times of the season, in order to bring a, a large buck in, what's, what's the concept behind the call?
2: So my style is to be, like you said, to be that hen, uh, to call that bird over. And you're actually, the way that I hunt, kind of running gun through the hardwoods, not much of the open field experience with decoys and blinds. But typically, so you're right, in the springtime, it's the mating season. And the natural order of things is um, a tom or a gobbler has some characteristics that are going to draw hens to him. So he's going to fly down. He's going to gobble so she can hear him. Um, He's got his fan that he's going to strut so she can see him. And he's got his bright head can be white, red, blue. And essentially in nature, what happens is that Tom will get, you know, onto a ridge or a point and he'll gobble and he'll sound off. And it's saying, here I am, come to me. And in nature, that's what happens. The hens come to the the gobbling turkey the tom and and that's how he uh gets his little flock of girls around and struts his stuff and that's typically how it happens in nature now when you're hunting you're going against that you're saying here I am come to me and so that's why like you said when you're sitting in the deer hunting woods you see a flock of birds come by or it's springtime and you're driving down the road and you see turkeys you're like how hard could this be right they're walking right in front of me well because you're going against nature, that's one thing that goes against you. you got to sound you know, realistic enough that he's going to come investigate. But number two, he's looking for you. When you make those calls, that turkey says, there should be a hen turkey standing over there. How close is he going to get before he buggers away and says, oh, no, something's not right. And so I think that's one of the biggest differences between calling for turkeys and calling for deer is – in my, I have a lot less experience calling deer. Typically I'm sitting in a stand, you know, following, uh, watching some trails or whatever, but, you know, calling in deer, a buck is coming in aggressive. He's looking for a fight. My experience, cause I haven't used, there are calls out there to make the sound of a gobbler. Um, but it's not, I wouldn't, I would say that's not the popular method. Typically you're sounding like those hens and that bird is going to come in looking for a hen. Um, and if you can convince him to get close enough and he's he's gobbling, I think that's why some guys, or some hunters, I should say, uh, they would choose the spring turkey woods over the fall deer woods because of the audio portion of it. When you're calling in a bird and he's responding, um, it is pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting.
0: That, yeah, That's what that's I've awesome. always heard, but you know, I guess until you experience it, you probably just yeah, don't, yeah.
2: You don't appreciate we'll have to, it. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. We'll have to try and plan something again. Like I said, the time that I hunt is it's right smack in the middle of the wall I run. So I just pick <laughs> the weekends and I, you know, go after one or the other and we'll, we'll try to get out there together. But moving along a little bit, I had mentioned earlier, you know, I use sometimes that single, single shot 10 gauge, pretty atypical from what most people are using out in the woods. It's your 12 gauges uh 20 gauges sometimes that that's also for you know youth hunters getting into it um a fair amount of bow hunting goes on but you know uh there's already enough things working against me uh i'm gonna i'm gonna be packing the shotgun with with me in the woods when i walk around and and the shells and then i'm gonna put the shells in the shotgun i was
0: say the shells don't matter if you don't put them in the gun (laughs) <laughs> Just so uh, you yeah, see, yeah.
1: you see all kinds of different, uh, you know, turkey rounds and things out there. You, anything I've seen some crazy stuff all the way up to, you know, guns and things like that that will chamber up to like three and a half inch shells. And uh, you know, I, I know that in the state of Michigan, I think it's a number four shot and lower or smaller is, is the legal um, is the legal shot to use. And in number four shot, that's big. Like, that's some that's some pretty stout stuff. Like, yeah. you can damn near kill a coyote with a number four shot. But um, so can you explain that a little bit or talk a little bit about, you know, the shells or at least the ammunition right. that you might
2: use? I uh, I go back and forth a little bit between number six and number fours. Um, when I'm not using the single shot, we've got a a couple of pump action 12 gauges. And my thought process is, um, I go with my first shot is the number fours with the assumption that the bird is standing still. You know, he's in range. And then sometimes my backup shell in the pump action is a number six, uh, number six shot. Because if that bird starting to get away a little bit, I've got more pellets um, to try and get the job done. But, you know, with turkey hunting, we, we could go on for hours about all of our tackle we have. We could go on for hours about all of our deer hunting equipment. I've honestly kept it pretty simple with turkey hunting um there's some pretty advanced shotguns out there there's some pretty advanced choke tubes for those shotguns to really reach out you know pairing some choke tubes with certain uh specific some of that heavy shot and other um you know more uh just specific or or turkey related shot shells that are trying to get some of that added range. And to be honest, I've kept it pretty simple. Again, the full choke has, has worked well for me with either number four or number six shot. Um, the 10-gauge does take a three-and-a-half-inch shell, but the combination of it's heavy and your adrenaline is going, you don't even feel it. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: it's so. it Just for some of the listeners out there that, that don't necessarily – know what we're talking about when we see number four, number six. And generally speaking, the, uh, uh, the lower the number, the larger each BB is inside of the uh, shotgun shell. So a shotgun differing from a rifle being that it is shooting, you know, the shell itself has a bunch of BBs in it, essentially, that it vary from size from number four to number six, four being larger, six being smaller with a greater number as you – increase in number you increase in the number of uh bbs that are in there so um but the fact that a turkey is a pretty large bird you have to use something that's a little bit larger in order to take it down or in in any kind of hunting it's about you know taking that animal in the most efficient way possible And uh, using some of these things where he's talking about different chokes and things like that or full choke to modified choke or whatever it might be, um, that determines your spread of uh, of the shotgun as it exits the barrel and, you know, through distance and making sure that, you know, you have a tighter pattern. And when you're when you want to shoot something that is a smaller target, and on a turkey you're aiming at the head. You don't want to you, you know you're going to be aiming at the head of it, and you don't want to you don't want to aim at the body of it because the body is obviously what you're going to wind up eating. You're going to eat the the breast of the turkey, the legs or the thighs and things like that that you wouldn't eat on any kind of poultry. But you want to make sure that um, you know that you're using the appropriate shot. In accordance with the the size of the follow that you're going to be taking, so that's kind of a little bit of the background of what we're talking about. If you're not familiar with um shotguns and the choke sizes and you know shot sizes and things like that,
0: I'm assuming you're using a full choke in your gun. right?
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's
0: which is in- which is going to make the pattern as small as possible, but you'll get better range because that those BBs are grouped as tight as possible, so yeah. it's necking them down. So you might be able to get. 40 50 yard shot where if you're using an open choke you're just you're shooting a six foot pattern it's going to go you know 10 feet so
2: yeah exactly um with that full choke i mean you're you're using a shotgun like you said bob i'm glad you explained kind of the the makeup of those shells there is something as far as too close right you're shooting that little uh shot pattern is pretty choked down when you get closer range so you can actually if, if the bird is too close you probably have a better chance of missing it there's kind of like that yeah. sweet spot you know like i said that 20 20 to 25 yards to 30 to 35 yards there's a 10 or 15 yard distance where i feel very comfortable that it's it's kind of in that sweet spot with the right amount of spread on those bbs again um, aiming at the head the the body shots are just um, number one you're ruining the meat number two I mean if things covered in feathers it's it there's a chance that it gets away you know so you're focusing on that. Yeah
1: it's like armor on those on those yeah. guys but they have some pretty thick feathers and I've seen uh, I've watched videos of dudes shooting shooting turkeys where they've hit them in the body you know they, where it wasn't a headshot and, the, and these birds will take off on them you know and they'll never recover the bird or, and it's not to say the bird is wounded all that bad because they're i mean it's feathers layered on feathers layered on feathers yep. whereas you know it's damn near like an armor on them but let's reiterate yeah. if you don't load your gun <laughs> it doesn't do you <laughs>
2: good You're not if gonna you don't it, load it. your gun thing. if you don't load your gun at least have your camera to
0: take. yeah patients. i mean everything we just talked about means nothing if you don't put that shell in the gun but all right so Obviously, you're going to be in camouflage. Do you? Do you are you the type of guy you're tucked up under a pine tree, in full camo? Or are you sitting in a blind? What, what are you doing?
2: Um, so, one of the things that I try to focus on when I'm when I have a bird that I've you know contacted, it's gobbling. I'm going to make a move on it and set up. If you can, it's nice to have a good backdrop. So, what I mean by that is, typically, I'm sitting up against a tree, pretty large individual six one two (laughs) seventy you're not going to be sitting up against a sapling right you uh you are looking like a big bulge at the base of the tree that's that's unnatural so if you can you're looking for someone with some big backdrop uh break up your outline um again if possible depending on the direction the bird is and where you're setting up it's it's a nice advantage to have the sun at your back what's that sun
0: now why don't you use a blind
2: So my style of hunting personally is is more of a run and gun, pick up and go. And so I'm always, and that's a little bit also why I carry just a couple of calls. I got my vest. I've got a couple of calls, a PB and J sandwich, some shotgun shells in my gun. And I'm, I'm trying to cover ground. I'm trying to cover ground, uh, listen to a lot of area, get my calls spread out to a lot of area. And so for me, uh, I just recently, my brother and I just last year bought, a blind and some decoys and um we use that we'll get into some different hunting scenarios we use that for an opportunity to hang out together midday set up in some areas and you know we're still hunting we're still trying to bag a bird but you just in our mind we're kind of relaxing but we're still in the woods and showing right. out so,
0: yeah I, I know most uh, turkey vests that you see at the store they have a pad attached to it yeah you know so that kind of fits into that narrative like you got a seat it's already attached to the vest. You can exactly. run the gun, chasing you hear a gobble, you can you can move and you can react to it as opposed to I'm um, sitting in one stationary spot and if it doesn't come my way, well, it's been fun <laughs> watching the scenery. You know, exactly. but you can be aggressive when you're not sitting there, but you lose the concealment side of it because yep. you're just out there and it's the slightest movement and i know that's where the diaphragm calls are super uh, the mouth calls are super popular because you can while you've you've got your gun shouldered you can be making these calls and you're making no movement which the turkey's eyesight is from what i know is their strongest suit right mm-hmm. their strongest features their, exactly. their eyesight they can see you across that field and they see they'll they'll see your finger just flicking flicking that that call right
2: yeah Yeah, you're exactly right. And one thing that I forgot to mention earlier, but now that we're talking a little bit about camo and and concealment and things is um, with that mouth call, the diaphragm call, uh, you're wearing a face mask. Um, Again, face mask or, or even face paint, right? But those turkeys, like I mentioned earlier, when you're calling to that bird, it is trying to... It's, it locates you, it's looking for you, it, it says there should be a hen here, and so uh, I do pay attention a bit to, like I said, the backdrop being the biggest thing, sitting in the shadows of trees and stuff, when you can. Uh, it gets a little bit hectic when you got a bird that you're amped up, and sometimes you may not have the best setup, and sometimes you might not even load your gun.
0: But. Right, right. Well, that's, you know... Your silhouette is huge, even in deer hunting, right? Like, exactly. You set up a tree stand on a tree that's twelve inches in diameter. Well, we're we're all big gentlemen here, you know. <laughs> the slightest yep, yep. movement, they're going to see that. Where you set up on a, you know, a big oak that's four feet wide or something that, it's going to block a lot of your movement when, with having that background, so that's that's key. Exactly. So I'm assuming, I, I guess, is early morning better? Is it nighttime? Me. I've always been more successful at night with deer hunting um, and I don't like getting up in the morning. (laughs) So what, I mean, what is it with Turkey? What I guess, is it a preference? Do you see more turkeys in the morning? Do they move more in the morning? When do they roost? I guess, break that down.
2: Yeah. So a typical setup kind of walking through it. So I've maybe I've scouted an area. Maybe I think there's some birds around my thought process is in the morning, I want to get up early, I want to get out into the woods while it's still dark, and I want to find an area that I can hear a lot of ground. Um, typically that's going to be uh, you know, an oak ridge, things like that. Turkeys do like rolling hills, if you can find that, if you're searching some public land. Um, but in the morning, my my hope is that I hear a gobble. Um, I hear a gobble on land that I can get to, right? Uh, a lot of my, although I have some public, or I'm sorry, private land spots that I go to in southern Michigan, a lot of my time is spent up on public land up north where there's large tracks of, you know, square miles of territory to cover. So getting up early and you're listening for that gobble. Now, sometimes that bird, uh, that tom, he may roost with hens, you know, and that's kind of a, a a poor scenario because he's unlikely to leave his harem of girls to come look for you. Uh, So although you might hear him gobble, you might hear the hens calling. That's a pretty tough situation uh, because it can be difficult to try and pull that flock over to you as just one fake Turkey. Um, But I always like to start out early, uh, get you know, the, the woods are waking up, you've got owls hooting, which we didn't mention it in the call section, but sometimes you can have the, the hoots the hoots out there, the owl hoots, and a bird'll gobble to that. They'll so gobble to crows flying over.
0: So you're out there before daylight, right?
2: I am, yeah. Typically I like to go out there before daylight and, and you know, kinda of listen to the woods wake up. That is and brilliant. the hope is to, to hear one and, and move in on That's it. That's way too early when That's, I when I know. I, if, when you're so up here's joking. the thing though. So for you, Ryan, not a big fan of getting up early, right? Well, you can be in the you know the second section of the day, I'll call it, midday. And what can happen is maybe that Tom, you know, I'm up there early. Okay, I hear him gobble. I'm all fired up. I go set up. I try to get, you know, if I can, about 200, 150 to 200 yards. That That's typically going to be a nice distance where he's going to hear you. You're far enough away that he's not going to see you. Um, you can get set up in that 200-yard range, and and you've got a good chance of of bringing them in, hopefully. But let's say he's got hens. He might not be as vocal, and during the breeding season, there comes a point where those hens have to sit on the nest and incubate the eggs, so they will end up leaving the tom. So he might have roosted with them, hangs out with them in the morning. I'm trying to call to him, can't get a response. Then the hens leave to go sit on the nest and you come bumbling out in the woods at noon and that's you and and you start calling (laughs) you start calling and he's fired up because he's all alone. Hey, there's a hen, I'm I'm ready to go. So like we joked about before with your you know, ten to two bucks, right? There can be a lot of success a lot of success in Turkey Woods midday. When those hens break up from the toms, they go and sit on the nest, and the Tom is on his own, uh, wandering around. And like I said, you come bumbling down the two track and hit a call, and he's ready to go.
0: That's my time of day right there. That's my time of day. There you (laughs) go.
1: Afternoon. (laughs) Um, Y'all, he doesn't like mornings because he stays up late. That's. (laughs) That's (laughs) There's a lot of
0: truth to that. Yes. And I just like my sleep. I'll get up early for fishing. I just have a hard time getting up to go freeze my ass off in the woods <laughs> there you go and there I, you go. I honestly you know deer hunting i haven't seen a ton of deer in the morning except for this year both those bucks that i missed or my shotgun missed uh, were morning actually that just so.
1: goes to show you a morning is it can be but it wasn't first morning well,
0: I guess the one up north We're going to talk about me. <laughs> I'm not rehashing so, that. Don't deflect, man. I'm deflecting. Okay? <laughs> All right. So you said you had mentioned turkey's roosting, right? So you walk up yep. on a bird and it's roosted. Can you just pop that thing? Like Why, why chase them down? You just shoot them up in the tree?
2: Well, a uh, couple of things. Number one, can't shoot a roosted turkey, Boom. so it's illegal. We'll <laughs> oh. start there. Uh, but number two, um, typically, even in the dark, uh, typically you're not going to get close to a roosted turkey. It's going to flush out of there. Um, not saying it can't happen.
0: But- I'm, I'm like a ninja, okay? Have, <laughs> it, have, you, have you ever seen Beverly Hills Ninja? Okay. <laughs> like, it's exactly how I picture it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I have cat like reflexes.
2: There you go. Um, So one thing, one popular uh, tactic is to go out. uh, Typically, there's going to be less gobbling towards the end of the day. Uh, The bird is, you know, they're kind of ready to figure out where they're going to roost for the night. But what can happen is oftentimes people will go out in the evening as it's getting dark and they'll use an owl hoot or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, howl like a coyote. And you can get birds to respond to that sometimes in the evening they will respond to those they call them a, a shock gobble um you know when a bird is real fired up honestly you can drive by a flock and have some times on the uh out in the field that you can see and if they're really fired up you can honk your horn or slam your door and they'll gobble to it
1: how do you and, howl and- like a coyote because i anytime i've ever heard coyotes they they sound like something's dying in the woods i don't think you're hearing the coyote i think you're hearing what they're eating oh my god no no like it's just crying you can't explain it like a a, a coyote call has got to be something spectacular because it's a uh, lot of folks nuts
2: a lot of folks honestly just do it just naturally with their mouth i'm not going to do it here on the podcast do it do do it do it um, it. just just
0: so your your warden can uh can be like what is he doing there
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you, your boss can be like all right you are We don't want to blow anyone's speakers out ever. on the way to work no, no, that's fair that's fair anyway
2: <sighs> we'll save so so bob like you said it's it's an odd sound right but it doesn't have to be perfect and um, it's just another way and and people use that owl hoot during the morning as well so you can use an owl hoot, and you'll even hear <laughs> owls hooting out there, and, and turkeys gobbling to it. Um, it's not an exact science, right? Their 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 mission in spring is to announce where they're at and get those hens to come to them. So sometimes owls hooting will get them to to gobble geese. I've had geese fly over, honk, uh, turkey gobbles, crows. So cool. all right, all right.
0: Now, can I just use a dog and just go chase these damn things down?
2: Not in spring. We'll okay. keep it focus on spring, so in spring you're not allowed to use a dog. Um, I know that down south uh, using dogs in the fall is a popular tactic, um, and we can get on you know get on that some different methods uh, for fall turkey hunting a little bit different because they're not getting ready to breed so there's different ways of going about hunting them but yeah i think yeah, we've we'll worked hit, our we'll way hit, through some
1: yeah let's hit fall we'll hit fall turkey season when yeah. we uh when yeah. we start to approach it let's yeah we gotta learn more about turkey hunting in yeah. general before i can talk about fall yeah, yeah. i'm i don't know like every everything that jason has talked about so far is like gotten me kind of fired up the turkey hunt i'm not i want to try it I, yeah i don't, yeah, I don't like, know that i'll be successful by
0: any means I've, but i just think one like like Bob said, you know, January 1st rolls around and I don't hunt at all. Like guns go back in the safe and camo clothing is in the, the tote in the basement and that's it. But it give me another reason to get out in the woods with a shotgun. That'll go click. And uh, I don't technically have a shotgun to even use right now. I can't go turkey hunting. I'll film you, Daisy. <laughs> hey, I know a guy who's got I, some guns. I guess I got to go to Dunham's or Cabela's. I,
1: I know a guy who's got a
0: few guns. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Now, what about baiting?
2: Illegal. Illegal in spring, illegal, illegal in fall. Yeah, Duh. not an option. So
0: Now, is that just because we can't bait deer and there's no baiting in general?
2: Um, so it's it's specific to turkeys. So like up in the UP, you can still bait for deer, but you cannot bait turkeys. So, so no let's just jump in. at
0: all anywhere in the state for turkey. Okay,
2: correct.
1: Hmm. Well, I'll be
0: baiting I'll be. is a
1: baiting is a topic. It's a controversial topic in Michigan, yeah. and uh, you know, because Michigan was traditionally a baiting state, and then the whole chronic wasting disease kind of thing came about and uh, they shut everything down and there was people ready to burn the DNR at the stake, you know, and it's, it's become a big hot issue and we're going to approach that as, as the deer season comes up. I think we probably do a whole podcast just on, yeah. on that issue alone. I think a lot of hunters want to hear about that. They, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of podcasts out there that talk about, you know, but they avoid it like the plague. Yeah. I think let's hit it head on, you know, come, you know, September before the hunting season and be like, hey, this is this is the issue. This is, you know, it's very much a traditional thing in Michigan. And I know that there's a lot of uh, hunters out there that are going to be like, you know, it's cheating and all this other stuff. Yeah. But, like, it's it's a thing. I think that's something that we address a little bit later on, though. Yeah, Michigan Out of Doors, last week's episode, they had the...
0: Um, He's like in charge of all of the you know, big game big game specialists or something like that. He's in charge of all that of and that was one of the Q and A's that came up was just talking about baiting and he didn't really have an answer. Like basically just they're just continuing what they're monitoring that they're doing now and the regs that are they're, they're doing now and it, ooh, ooh. and nothing's really changed, but anyways. Derailed. So all right, back to you, Jason. Uh, we've covered a lot on on turkey hunting, um, I guess what else do we need to know? Yeah, we, um, we talked about the camo. We talked about. I mean, we didn't really get into. I guess we got into calls a little bit. What kind of? I mean, we've got the mouth calls. We got box calls. Are there electronic calls? Is that a thing?
2: So, electronic calls another illegal tactic. Um, in Michigan, so so they
0: have the call's just in Michigan you can't use them
2: um, <laughs> was that, that an electronic call that's, snort! We'll,
0: <laughs> that's the terrible outdoorsman call right there that is gonna go um, on, that's gonna go on a shirt I'm telling you like what snort yeah we're gonna like, get oh like a, a an outline of, of you or I slamming this and snort and we're gonna sell them It can be in line <laughs> there boom. you go. Uh, anyways, electronic calls, they have them, but they're illegal in Michigan.
2: Right, right. So another thing, um, another it's gaining some popularity uh, in other states where it is legal. It gives you some really up close and personal action with turkeys. It is the use of either decoys or some modified equipment, and the tactic is called reaping. and it's it's essentially, stalking a turkey with the use of something in front of you you know it's a it's a turkey shell it's a um, they've got some that look like umbrellas they've got some that are uh, you know like it's almost like a decoy on a stick type of thing and it, it like I said it gives some awesome footage in other states where it's legal but in Michigan it is illegal you cannot use any sort of equipment like that and stock up to it i
1: can't imagine why that's illegal it sounds dangerous as hell honestly so there's there's a couple different schools of thought like like you were saying like there's you know you watch this stuff on tv and there's a guy creeping up on a turkey or something like that and he's got a uh he's got this fan in front of him and he's doing the calls and doing different things and it's it's exciting you know like I can see how that's a tactic, and it works because it's a moving decoy, essentially, right? Ooh, I heard right. that, I heard that crack. All right, and then, but at the same time, you know, you're walking around in camouflage, carrying this turkey fan. Just imagine being in public land somewhere in southern Michigan, like you know, yeah, could, I don't know. Take take uh, take Brighton State Recreation Area. And you're walking around with a turkey mm-hmm. bunch of turkey feathers gobbling, you know, or making that, you know, making turkey noises and uh and you've got some 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 random dude out there just ready to blast the first fan that walks in front mm-hmm. of him. So it's like that I, I definitely see why that's illegal. Like reaping it definitely has its advantages. It looks like it's, it's a super cool tactic, cause could be in a you know, a total adrenaline rush creeping up on a turkey, but at the same time like it's essentially the equivalent of, you know, putting some, you know, walking around with camouflage with a deer cut out and uh, some <laughs> horns on your head and roaming around the woods. You know what I'm saying exactly. during during whitetail exactly. season during opening day of firearms. You're, you're you're asking for it. You know what I'm saying. So I I totally get the understand or why the why the DNR decided. You know, or you know the the powers that be decided to make that illegal.
0: I remember when I was working at, down in Cabela's, down in Dundee, they, um, it was right after we were setting up turkey, somebody in Ohio actually got shot that was reaping. And I remember, like, that's when I first learned about it. And I'm like, the hell would anybody do that? I, I and assume- I, I get the rush would be, would be cool. Like, uh, getting that up close and personal with any animal
1: would be awesome. To me, the, the risk is just, it's just not worth it. Yeah. I assume that um, you know there's not that many, you know, turkey hunted, turkey hunting related deaths out out there just just because of one the ammunition that you're using. You're using. Only in the old hunter safety you education know, video, like that.
0: Wait, the guy I, sitting
1: in the tree with a red
0: bandana wrapped around his head. Is that? Is that you, did anybody else see oh, that videos? video? It was like old like safety videos and yeah, stuff like that. When I was in hunter safety, that was the video they were teaching you yeah, about. Do you get shot your, out of a tree? Know your target, and he's wearing a red bandana around his face while he's turkey hunting. And I'm like, I remember being like 12 years old, thinking like, why would you do that? <laughs>
2: why would you wear a red bandana?
0: Why? Well, why? period
2: and now like you said now you're hiding behind a very realistic looking turkey
1: yes so oh, yeah i, I mean it, it's it, kind of it's kind of a little bit of darwinism there you know <laughs> you're almost asking for it in, in some cases but um you know i know that there's some portions of the country that where that's popular, where reaping is like a, that's a, that's a popular way to take game in Michigan. I would say at least in Southern Michigan, you know, it's extremely populated, you know, Southeastern Michigan, you're, you're bringing a lot of weekend guys out there that are going to go out there and they're going to try to harvest a bird and, and somebody could possibly get shot doing it. And it's, uh you know, totally unfortunate and uh it totally avoidable so I, I can definitely see why that's a why that's an issue and why that's a rule yeah good stuff turkey hunting. <laughs> i don't know deal. man you got me fired up like this is uh this, uh, this has been good like i was kind of when we were saying yeah let's do a turkey episode i was like ah, i've never done turkey hunting ever and this uh, I, we'll I, i'm scared of turkey hunting but no man like this has <laughs> been awesome like like you dude your wealth of knowledge man and uh, i'm totally looking forward to you not being uh, a broke ass and being able to take us out and show us how to how to chase after some birds I'd, I'd love to do it man like so the other thing i I wanted to
0: talk about and it, just from reading through the, the digest before we got into this i saw that you can't use any mechanical or electronic decoys but you can't use a live decoy
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i, I le- don't get that that's legitimately in the rule book you can't use a live decoy i mean who's got a live turkey like uh, who's tying up a turkey to a tree? <laughs> Who the hell's doing that? Where they got to put this in a rule book? And you know they have to put it in the rule book because some hillbilly's somebody, doing that.
1: Somebody did it. Somebody some, tied a mm-hmm. turkey
0: to a tree. And yep. Said there's my decoy. Dude. Yep. nothing's just flailing around. It's <laughs> <laughs> going ape shit. <laughs> Seriously, what like
1: f- what what's happening oh, here, man? That's, I I am sure somewhere in the whitetail digest it says somewhere where you can't use a live whitetail as a uh, decoy, but I, like I don't know, I'm gonna uh, look for uh, it though. How does how does that work? Yeah, I'm gonna look
0: for it. Yeah. Can I use a hey. live uh wall? For, for <laughs> decoy? Musky decoy. Oh man. Yeah, man, that's funny. Stupid. That's funny. Yeah, I mean yeah, I learned a lot about turkey just in this conversation and like Bobby said, you know, fire it up. I wanna get out there and yeah. You know, so I might have to look at uh, some of these other counter tags and see if we can work out a weekend. Right. I know you and I had talked about if you if we end up getting up and we can match up schedules. Uh, I might just come with you, just tag along, just to see the process and film you yeah. and get some content for the show. And um, you know, that'd be a good time just just to to get out in the woods and see it. And I think it'd be a good time.
2: Certainly. You got I any final could, thoughts
0: on that. spring turkey? I know we cut you off fifteen or thirty times, so.
2: <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, covered a lot of good information. Um, I think gave a nice overview of a little bit of setup and and maybe get some people interested um, in exploring the spring turkey woods. It is a trade off when you're chasing after turkey in the trees, you're or turkey in the woods. You're not chasing walleye in the river or. Well bass or
0: i like what you said earlier though like when you got the windy days where the the river is muddy because we just had some nasty weather come in you know why waste your time in the river to go all the way down there spend the money and deal with the 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 crazies on the river for for a couple walleye at best you know if you got if you have access to land i mean we went over it like you can get into it relatively cheap if you're a hunter and you've already got camouflage you probably already got a shotgun that that's suitable you know i'm sure you can you can manage with it besides you know you know buying some maybe buying a decoy or something buy it buy yourself a call like you can get into it pretty pretty reasonably and and the tags aren't much 15 bucks for a tag and then you already have your base license if you're already a hunter and you're looking for something to do in the springtime like i think this is a good avenue of another way of getting in the woods right that's what it's all about (laughs)
1: So yeah, one of those. If I was going
2: to tell one more piece of equipment that is probably, so your license is most important. Your shotgun shells and your gun are the second most <laughs> important. The third most important piece of equipment is a thermocell.
0: Ooh, I didn't. Yeah, that's a thing. You know, bugs, uh,
1: bugs that mm-hmm. Yeah, are,
0: yeah. I mean, you're if you're in April and May, or, I guess you have, but mosquitoes are already coming out. Nasty.
2: If you. Bastards. Uh, if in, in the beginning of May, those first couple of weekends in May, you you can still be okay, but once you get to that middle end of May, my goodness,
1: yeah. Do you know like the turkey sense of smell? Do they have a much of a sense of smell like like deer did? That's their number one defense. I, mean, is, I know turkeys; it's eyes. It's their it's their vision, but uh, is their sense of smell worth a damn?
2: No, thank goodness, because (laughs) with the amount of off-spray, yeah, (laughs) so you've got off-spray that you've been putting on your clothes. You know, I use uh, a separate set of top and bottom and stuff for turkey hunting because it smells like off. I got my thermocell going. That's got an odor. I've been sweating for three days. Um, Yeah, thankfully, turkeys can't smell uh, with any sort of... um, you know, acuteness like white-tailed deer. So yeah. you don't have to worry about, you know, the wind and things, uh, but their, their sight, their hearing, the, the hearing is more of an advantage to, to hearing your calls. You don't have to be very loud and they can hear, but boy, that sight, their eyesight is incredible. And that's typically when a hunt goes wrong, you probably moved, probably weren't hidden. So, and like I said, when you're calling, they're looking for you and they know where a, a hen turkey should be. And if he doesn't see one, he might bugger out of there before he gets close enough. Yeah.
1: So I'm going to, I'm going to throw a curveball at you over here real quick. I know that we, we discussed a few things as far as like, you know, after we, after we talk about turkey hunting, like, what are we going to talk about? And, and now I want to throw something at you real quick uh, while we're on the topic of turkey hunting, what is the best way to prepare? Let's talk about food, right? Cause that's essentially what we do, right? We go out there and we try to harvest these animals so that we can eat them. Do you yep. have do you have a a particular way that you like to uh, prepare a wild turkey to eat? I know we all know how to put the damn thing in a in a in, a, in the oven and baste yeah. the thing. I, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. My wife does it every Thanksgiving, <laughs> right? But I smoke um, a turkey, <laughs> right, Yeah, I guess you could smoke it. You can. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things, you, different ways you could prepare it. But is, is there one way in particular that you have that you do? Uh, Or that you recommend when it comes to preparing a wild turkey
2: Yeah, my favorite I'm gonna step away from you know oven, right? That's Thanksgiving dinner, right? So my favorite thing to do with the turkey is Take the breast uh, so one from each side Flatten it out with like a meat tenderizing hammer get it all thin spread out And then I like to put some cream cheese and jalapenos inside, roll it all up, put a million (laughs) toothpicks in there, and put it on the smoker. So I take the breast. That's what I do. Uh, You know, kind of like a stuffed turkey breast roll, if you will, with cream cheese and jalapenos. Um, That's what I do with the breast. Typically, I will take the wings. Uh, you know, like kind of the butt of the wing and then the legs and you can boil that, pick the meat off. And then I just throw that into like a turkey pot pie. So nothing too crazy, but, um, I've never tried a wild Turkey smoked wild Turkey leg. But like when you go to the Renaissance festival, smoked Turkey legs are, are the real deal. But what you got to remember is
1: jam right there.
2: (laughs) One thing you got to remember is, uh, this ain't no butter ball. You know this thing; it has to fly and run and survive from the coyotes and other predators out there. So, you know, a small, uh, a wild turkey leg, it's not going to be like your butterball turkey legs. So is
1: just, it? Is it better or is it worse?
2: Um, it's not better or worse; it's just different. You know, it's it's going to be like the tendons and things in there are going to be a little bit more substantial because that bird. Walks miles, mm-hmm. you know, every day, versus your butterball that goes around the fence. Is there a
0: gamey taste to it?
2: Um, not a gamey taste, no. But uh, when you do, if you do go the oven route, they can. Got to be um, cautious with overcooking it because it can get dry. So. Uh, that's why, like I said, I've taken the breast and gone with the smoker with the cream cheese and jalapenos. So yeah. hopefully, I get one this spring and and we'll be able to try that out, or or we'll be able to uh, match up schedules and we'll get out together. And you know, with those with those different hunt opportunities, not all of the quota licenses are are gone, and there's some leftovers. So um, depending on where we want to go, we might be able to go out together and bag a bird, or at least get some content. Right? Yeah,
0: I'm excited. Like. We got from April twenty third to essentially the end of May, like that's what, five, yeah. six weekends. Like hopefully we can put together at least one weekend. Yep. Even right. if I just shoot up there for the day to like I said, just experience it, get some content, get some get some filming done. I think that yeah. uh, that'd be sweet. That'd be cool.
1: We've got a lot of fishing going on that time. Yeah. Now. That's the
0: know. that's gonna yeah. be the struggle is breaking away from fishing. So Yep. You know, that's yeah. Pike, you know, pike fishing. You, you got to sacrifice for the for the greater good though. Sometimes yeah, you got to do it. You know. So. Well, cool. That was uh, that was fun to talk about. Spring turkey, learning, a little educational after the first two podcasts being some nonsense. Nonsense. Well, there was some nonsense in this one for sure. That's how our educational episodes are going to go. A little bit of education and a whole lot of bullshit. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, what we got coming up next? Upcoming podcast. We got think, uh, Detroit or uh, St. Clair River. We're going to talk about that'll be coming up. And then we're going to have, we got spring pike fishing will be coming up here at the end of uh, end of April. We got I'm go. sure we'll get on the river maybe this week, <laughs> maybe next week. Yeah. Uh, maybe have some stories to tell about the Detroit River. Yeah. Um, yeah, and potentially get in some some musky fishing here yeah. at the end of the end of April. Um, get out to like to get out Thornapple, Ovid, maybe. I think St Clair be a little cold yet, but
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, spring muskie fishing is coming up. I'm excited for that. I would definitely want to. We're definitely going to dedicate a whole episode to. Uh, to musky fishing, how to target them as far as uh, casting some of the different tactics that we use. Uh, We'll talk about trolling into the summertime. Uh, Some of our larger lakes, you know, the Great Lakes are an awesome place to to go out and target some big fish. That's essentially what we do. We like to try to go out and find some trophies. So um, that's a thing. And then, uh, but yeah, first and foremost, we got, you know, our pike openers coming up here at the end of april and uh we're gonna definitely be tying into musky or uh, to uh pike and then some musky later on in the year um i think we have uh we want to do a live episode when we we're taking a trip up to uh, northern michigan here around mid-may or so and we're going to be doing a, a podcast up there while we're
2: at that yep, uh, uh that be fun.
1: Um, jason we should get you up there for a couple of days
2: I just came up with a great idea. At
0: least one day. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're already halfway up there, but.
2: Yeah. We'll take, I mean, it'll depend on how the fishing is going. and If you guys want to step away from the boat for a 2nd But great. I'm sure we could find some public land and spend a morning going after turkeys.
0: When, you, yeah. Yeah, we could do that. When are you talking up in May? Up
2: north. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah, there's tons of state laid around there.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe we'll do that. Ooh, we're gonna have to look at the big brain on Brad, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to think about that, yeah, look for a public land tag, so lots coming up, lots of fun episodes coming up. um I don't know how many more informative ones we'll have. We will, but this is the, probably the most informative one we're gonna have of you educating us' because we don't know a damn thing, but uh. <laughs> Oh, we got to do before we sign off. We got to do our snort. Snort! God, sorry for your eardrums, everybody.
2: Oh, I try to do it directly in the microphone. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. still so loud. Jason, you gonna do a snort?
2: I've got my latte over here ready oh, to go. Man,
0: you got you got to get yourself some some pucker if you're gonna be doing this over the airwaves. Oh, that's good. All right, Jason, you got any closing comments? I'm
2: um, looking forward to up to, uh, upcoming content. We should be getting this leg healed up. Should be able to do something in person with you guys here shortly. So, I'm looking forward to that.
1: Cool, Bob. No, it's uh, it's been fun and super informative. Uh, if anything, I, you know, I didn't know a damn thing about turkey hunting before the uh, before this. Uh, before this discussion so this is the kind of stuff that we do we sit around and uh, you know deer camp or fishing camp or whatever camp we're at and uh and we shoot the shit and we try to figure out you know different avenues to go out and uh exploit these uh, natural resources that we have so it was a uh, it was a good time man i appreciate all your knowledge and everything uh that you just gave us man that was awesome yeah, yeah for sure for sure, and thank everybody for listening.
0: Being the third podcast, that means you've stuck around for this long. <laughs> Hopefully, we're not the only ones listening to our, our to ourselves. Congratulations, y'all! Should get medals or something, right? You survived uh, three three um, unique podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. All right. So, if you don't follow us on our social media, please do. We have Instagram, TikTok, and then uh, YouTube up uh, coming soon with some some quality content on YouTube. And then make sure you subscribe to this podcast. We will be posting podcasts every week, and maybe even some bonus episodes every now and then. So, until next time, get outdoors and don't be terrible.
1: Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody
2: got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that.